welcome to a very special edition uh it's not that scary uh featuring renowned psychologist phd psychoanalyst and my mother (laughs) (laughs) andrea say hello andrea Hi, everyone. I'm very, very excited to be here. And I, I am so happy that Jaden and Margot are going to put up with me. I yeah. know Ethan has to, but they don't have to. Yeah. Listeners, you may remember Ethan's mom from one of the first episodes where he FaceTimed her. That's right. And That's also right. Uh, probably half of the episodes of the podcast where she has been mentioned. For, yeah, first mom ever on the pod. Yeah, that's yeah, a big honor. I'm honored. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, technically I'm, so I'm Chalupa's mom, but... That's true. Right. right. First, first <laughs> guest mom. <laughs> right, right. So we're happy to have you. Thanks for joining. Yeah. But uh, I guess we can get into the meat the, the meat of the sandwich. Uh, welcome to INTS. Yeah. It's not that scary. It's not that sandwich. It's not that sandwich. Not that um, sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> we are a horror movie podcast, and we watch horror movies chronologically through time. We're in the year 1959 right now, um, and we watched uh, The Tingler. Yeah, and we're very excited about this year because Ethan's mom was alive in 1959, <laughs> so she'll be able to right. provide some yeah. much-needed color. I'm sure. I'm sure a very detailed account. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what you were doing when you were five. Yeah. <laughs> I was five years old, and I'm really sorry to disappoint you, but I never saw that movie. I never heard of it. You still haven't. <laughs> and she, I still haven't. She didn't watch The Tingler, yeah. so she's going to be our... <laughs> I watched the other one since... Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. When I was five, so I, it was 2011. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So wait, big no. 2001, 2011, 2001, 2011. I am. Um, no, I, I was five in 2000, 2001, yeah. almost mm-hmm. said 2011 again. And there was one pretty big event that kind of captured the public attention. And in 1959, there was another, Wait a second. Wait, I'm doing a segue. I'm doing a segue. In 1959, there was another major event, probably a little bit less major than uh, 9-11. But you may remember it (laughs) Apt. as the day the music died. Ringing any bells here? The The day day the music died. died. Oh, yeah. American Pie? Exactly. American Pie Exactly. Yes. Really? No. The song didn't come out. No. Um, (laughs) The plane crash that the song is about. So the the song is about a plane crash. And on the plane was Buddy Holly, who was really, really famous. Um, You might remember from listening to this podcast, we mentioned a few times some of the number one hits he had in the 1950s. Um, Also on board was Richie Valens, who was a um, like Mexican American rock star. Uh, You might know his song La Bamba. Oh, wow. Famous. Classic. Wow. And then one other musician called like JJ Big Top or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, JJ Big Top, of course. Wow, I had no idea that's what that song was about. I thought it was a coming-of-age song. The Big yeah. Bopper, excuse me. The Big Bopper, J.P. Richardson. How unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't know that song was about a plane crash either. I thought it was about the loss of innocence. Hmm. Well, it's kind of like about the loss of innocence using... Via plane crash. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like Coach Wade's movie. 180. Mm, 180. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mom, you're, you're a big Coach fan from Survivor. 
Coach, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually not, I'm not sure I'm a fan. I'm, I'm ambivalent. Ambivalent about Coach. De- definitely other Survivor players are, are uh, higher on my list. Yeah. Who's sure. your favorite? You know, I love Jeremy. Yeah, mm. Jeremy's great. I, yeah. I love Ozzy. Okay. <laughs> We're not big Ozzy fans, yeah. but oh, respect. Okay. Respect. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I love Denise. Yeah, Denise oh, is Denise great. Denise is great, for sure. Yeah. Who are your favorites? Well, my favorite is Coach. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you excited for the season 41 premiere yes. on September 22nd? Oh, I can't wait. Wow. It's official, it's official. Yeah. Jeff released a really funny video today. Yeah, oh, really? I'll send it to oh, you wow. after we jump off. Yeah, oh, please. Oh, God, I'm talking like I'm on a Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> on a work Zoom call. After we jump off. I'll ping it to you yeah, cool. um, in my follow-up. Um, but yeah, so 1959, I think it was February 3rd, 1959, was the day the music died. Some other events that happened that year. So another a, a great American legend was born um, I want to guess. So wait, we got to guess. We got to guess. Okay. 59. Who was born in 59? Musically American related. <clears throat> Musically related. Mick Jagger. No. He's so much older. <laughs> He's older than I am. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Well, that's old. <laughs> okay, is that is that your... <laughs> My God. Ethan. Is that you your guess, guesses? Ethan? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. Think of, like, the most talented musician of our era. Dua Lipa. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dupu Lupu. Dula Peep. Dula Peep. Yeah. Um, Beyonce. Um, I'm trying to think now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, he's a man. Celine Dion. He's a man. No. Oh, it's a Celine man. Celine Dion would be close, though. I, I feel like she would be around that age. Um, a man so talented. Frank Sinatra. No, he's so much yeah, older. He's way older. <laughs> okay, um, I'll, I'll spare you. Please. Unless, Jaden, do you want to make a guess? No, I don't. I'm okay. Too... Once I say it, you'll be like, oh, of Bono. course. No. Paul hmm. McCartney. No. Hmm. Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course. Oh, you got really her asses. Good. You got it. Really good. And, yeah. you know, since he was going to be born in October of that year, music industry sat down and they said, okay, we probably should plan out some awards that he's going to be given right. eventually. Right. Grammys. First Grammy Award ceremony. Oh, wow. Happened wow. in 1959. So, potentially the year the music lived. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Honestly. Also, big event, Hawaii became a state. Wow. Oh, wow. In 1959, the 50th United States. Wow. United States. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, a, I would love a, a new state to join. I feel like that would be fun. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They already have the flag made. Did you know that they have like they have flags made for 51, 52, 53? Just really? in case just we in ever. Case. <laughs> just <in> yeah. case. <laughs> I think they should have a yeah. contest where we can redesign it. Like that's in elementary school that's when good. you can oh, design yeah. t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. yeah it could, it's just like a four-year-old's <laughs> drawing in crayon. Um, cool. All right. So another film that came out in 1959 um, directed by Ed Wood who you might recognize his name from the 1990 Johnny Depp movie called Edward. Mm. Well, he, he put out the worst film ever made 
called Plan 9 from Outer Space, which I feel like we should definitely watch at some point. Yeah, Yeah, we'll have a friendly follow-up. Yeah. Um, And the film is... The, the top build name on the film is Bella Lugosi. There's some fun Ugh. stuff about wow. that. When we watch it, I'll cover it. Okay. Um, okay. And then last but not least, uh, the Clutter family was murdered in somewhere in, in the, the, the Midwest. And that, that murder, oh. exactly right. Yep, that murder inspired the... Truman Capote's, I guess, nonfiction book in Cold Blood about the murders. And I've tried to read that book several times, but I can't get into it. Why? It's just kind of slow to start. You like that book? I like the first page. (laughs) (laughs) What's the first page? I'll tell you. I I actually read the book, and I also saw the movie. And it's very slow. I agree with you, Margot. It's very slow. And I think that one of the reasons it's so slow is that the killer... He, his, his psychology was actually pretty vacuous. He was psychotic, mm-hmm. but he was sort of a nothing person, and so it, it didn't really have... And that's, that's actually a kind of psychosis. So it didn't have a lot of substance to it. But the reason I like the first page is that Truman Capote... In fact, it might even be the first line where he says something like this. The house sat in a part of the town that people referred to as out there. <laughs> That's pretty good. And I just like the way he That's good. That. The way like local legends start. Yeah, go out there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's cute. That is good. That is mm. good. Um, the movie has Philip Seymour Hoffman in it, right? Or is that just the one about... Yeah. I believe he's Capote. Oh, that's what I thought. Right. Yeah. yeah. And he won um, an Academy Award. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. He was also in The Hunger Games. Yeah, you yeah. may you may know him from The Hunger Games and The Hunger Games too, Catching Fire. Well, he was actually only in Catching right. Fire. Right. He was only in Catching Fire, and I guess technically Mockingjay, but he died during the filming of Mockingjay part. Yeah. Wasn't that two. his last movie? Yeah. That's sad. How embarrassing. He made su- he made such better movies. The Hunger it was Games was a really master. like stacked series. They had a lot of big names in it, like Julianne Moore. Yeah. Um, I uh, love Julianne Moore. Her son. Famously, Famously oh, wow. went to Davidson College. Oh, okay. He graduated the year after me. He was, and I follow him on Instagram and his oh, wow. girlfriend, and um, they post very nice vacation photos. Mm. Oh, that's sweet. I'm sure that makes sense. I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on account of the rich, world-famous actor mom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And movie producer dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. 1959. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for that recap. You're Margo, yeah. uh, I'm co- constantly, constantly impressed by the way that you're able to remember so much information. Well, I did just read it. Still. <laughs> I don't think my memory is that good. <laughs> and I also wrote it down. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Beware of the bob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor. I the door and all around the wall. A splotch, a splotch, be careful of the blob. Cool, but uh, I guess we can get into the movie now. Uh, we watched The Tingler again. Not again, but again, comma, we watched The Tingler. <laughs> so good. Um, we watched it three times. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, yeah, starring uh, Vincent Price yet again. Daddy. This time he means again. Yeah. Yeah, this time mm-hmm. I do mean again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as as Ethan said, Daddy. Um, Thank you. I was going to he... say nobody. <laughs> <laughs> um, but who's, whose week was this? It was me. Okay, so Mark, are you, you take it. 
Yeah, so The Tangler is a, obviously, 1959 horror film directed by William Castle, who also directed the House on a Haunted Hill, I think (laughs) is what it's called, and Macabre. I can't say that word. Macabre? Macabre. Macabre. I don't know. I don't know. I've only read it. It's one of those words I've never heard someone say. Um, Macabre. Yeah, Macabre. Macabre on the cob. Yeah. So, yes, this was directed by William Castle. And I thought the synopsis was really compelling, which is why I chose it. And so I'll read the, the first sentence, which is really what drew me in. Um, <laughs> the film tells the story of a scientist who discovers a parasite in human beings called a tingler, which feeds on fear. So the idea of the movie is that there is this parasitic creature that lives on your spine and every time it, it it feeds on your fear so every time you feel afraid it gets bigger it gets bigger it makes you tingle and like it's it's why like people get like rigid spines when they're afraid yeah because it's like gripping on you but there is a way to make it go smaller yeah and that's screaming screaming yeah yeah, yeah. um so it's the movie opens up with the director william castle talking about the movie saying this movie is really scary. You might experience, um, for the first time in your life, some spine tingling sensations. And if you do, just scream, scream for your life. Um, and this is because the um, movie release featured this thing called Percepto, which was a gimmick that Castle used. And he would attach them to the, some seats in the theater, not him. Personally, I'm sure he had like a production team or somebody who went in and did that and like distributed it to the theater, probably the theater employees. Um, And uh, I'm glad that we got down to the the logistical chain. I think it would take him so long to do it. Um, And during the climax of the movie, this Percepto device would uh, buzz in the seats of the uh, unknowing viewer of the movie. And they had like fake nurses who would come they had a plant a lady planted in the audience who would like stand up and faint during the climax of the movie all to wow. like make it seem really scary amazing <laughs> because because they don't do a good job of making it seem scary yeah. in the actual movie yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually quite boring it's yeah. like in the same vein as like 3d movies that came out in like the early 2000s where they just really feed into the gimmick and not yeah. focus on yeah, yeah, I wonder if this work. was like the first instance of like a, a 4D movie at Disney World. I wonder. Yeah, <laughs> I probably. Well, it wasn't um, Castle's first gimmick film. Um, his two other movies, Macabre and House on a Haunted Hill, also um, featured gimmicks. I think, let's see. So I believe it was The House on a Haunted Hill um, during the like showing at the movie theater a skeleton would sweep down over oh. the audience oh my god so so fun oh gags like that oh my god <laughs> wow. just to make it extra scary. i wish they still did that yeah <laughs> during like rom-coms it's always a skeleton <laughs> it's always no matter what <laughs> yeah actually though i can imagine when that would happen in the movie in front yeah okay i can imagine there okay. isn't a skeleton in the movie but i can imagine spoilers when that would happen. okay mm. Spoilers, there's no skeleton in this <laughs> oh, movie. Sorry. No skeleton spoiler. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Yeah, it's no, okay. I, I don't no, think that's a big spoiler for people. Uh, Margo, no offense. It's House on Haunted Hill. This is where I House, get it from. None yeah. taken. None <laughs> taken. House on Haunted Hill. Okay. That makes sense. That's more of like a location yeah. rather than a descriptor of the hill itself. Yeah. So I think, sure. yeah. I think that makes sense. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so this movie kind of follows the scientist who is studying the tingler. His name is Warren, Dr. Warren Chapin. Chapin. I looked up the names of the characters from this movie right before we recorded, and I could not remember any of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, for real. <laughs> yeah, but um, I guess, like, sort of as the plot progresses, um, he becomes more and more obsessed with his experiments and uh, with the eventually commits a murder or tries to right. so he can study um, the tingler and, like, cut open a, their bo- her body and pull it out. Yeah. Um, and the reason the reason that he kills this woman is because she's mute, um, so she can't scream, and uh, the tingler so will get really big, yeah. so that so when big. she's dead, it'll stay big. That part was kind of interesting. I also thought the part where his first experiment, where he pretends to shoot his wife, he fills yeah. his gun with, with blanks and mm-hmm. shoots his wife, and she faints, thinking she's dying. And quickly he like examines her as she's in the state. <laughs> and then she wakes up. She's like, what the hell? And he's like, that was a blank. And then they're just kind of like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they got divorced. Well, they, they have like a, a, an apparently. They, they have a very uh, yeah, loveless relationship. <laughs> it's just very bizarre. Yeah. It's, it's, there's like some weird backstory there that I never fully grasped. No. But, uh. We first see his wife uh, making out with another man outside their house. Um, So, like, uh, clearly there's a lot of tension in that relationship. But we came to see a tingling bug in your body. Yeah, we came to see the tingler. We didn't didn't come to see whatever. The tingler we did see. (laughs) Yeah, the tingler we did see. The the tingler itself was probably the best part of this movie for me. Yeah. Um, It was like, uh, it looked like a little... uh, Chalupa. Like a thick centipede. Yeah. That was like two feet long, maybe. Yeah. and uh, it was just like a puppet yeah. that would just sort of, and it would just like very slowly walk across a room and like try to latch <laughs> onto people. Um, and uh, then they would just need to scream and then it would, it would like be lifeless. Right. So really easy to, really easy to defeat yeah. the tinkler. <laughs> yeah. There's a part in the very beginning of this movie when the director is talking about how horrifying this movie is. And then there's a montage of screaming people. <laughs> And mm-hmm. oh my god, I been, forgot about that. Yeah, it may have been particularly horrible for us because we accidentally had the TV way too loud, and then we accidentally <laughs> rewound and had to see it again. But <laughs> it went for way too long, and the screams yeah. sounded loud. like yeah, and it wasn't like ah, it's like ah, it's like actually yeah. very scary. <laughs> like to the point where I was like um, nervous that like our neighbors might right. think something had happened. Yeah, that's, no, how, for real. that's how long and prolonged the screaming is. <laughs> But it's a good gag. I like the beginning. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Right I don't know if I don't know if speech. I like that gag <laughs> of just just people just screaming. People screaming. <laughs> just disembodied heads kind yeah, of like floating yeah, across like the screen. Yeah. <laughs> it was oh, weird. It was very weird. It was yeah. very weird. Yeah. So I liked the puppet for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I do I do agree with you that I think the most interesting part of the movie to me was when he was um like the his plot to murder the mute woman yeah. um and then there is a good twist at the end where we find out that her husband actually killed her and what we thought were her hallucinations um from the doctor drugging her uh were actually just uh <laughs> her husband in like silly halloween, or, like halloween costumes <laughs> yeah. were they scary it, it was scary that that sequence was really scary there's especially there did, is a skeleton uh <laughs> there's a skeleton yeah but the scariest spook for me in this movie was during her um 
hallucination scene uh, where there's a bathtub full of blood and a hand comes out of the yeah, bathtub. I thought that was really good. Especially because the movie's in black and white, but they had the blood be red. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which so was cool. Was very striking. Yeah, and then also when uh, she walks into the bedroom and there's the guy in the Halloween mask with the knife coming after her. Yeah. That, that kind of startled me. The mask was kind of spooky. Uh, yeah, we say Halloween mask, but it was it was a scary mask. It was scary, but it was Halloween. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to like a COVID mask. Um, yeah. Or yeah, <laughs> like a Valentine's, Valentine's <laughs> yeah. Day mask or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like one of those theater masks. Those theater masks are quite scary, though. Those are also scary. Yeah, yeah. well, one's so happy and the other one's so, so sad. So sad. So this is like... the extremes. I can't deal with it. Yeah. 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 I need nuance. Exactly. Yeah. And my mask. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want a ma- I want a theater mask that is just like, like, no, it's just normal. your face. It's, it's just, just like, Emory's yeah, face. Resting face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I went to um, gifted student summer school, <laughs> summer camp, <laughs> summer camp, yeah. um, there Ethan were. Ethan corrects you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to call it camp because it was it was not it was not like camp, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, anyway, the the theater the the theater majors um, had like a clowning segment, and they would even outside of class would walk around in their scary clown masks. Scary, terrible. <laughs> How weird! Like wow. all twenty yeah. of them. What weirdos! Yeah, those theater kids. Glad I wasn't yeah. one of those. <laughs> I would have done Ethan, that. You totally would have. You I totally would have done that for sure. Yeah. If you yeah. lived in Georgia, you would have gone to GHP yeah, so I absolutely hard. would have. I don't even know what that is, but I would have done it. Georgia <laughs> Hospitality Bonanza. Yeah. Key, but close. Yeah, Margot almost worked in hotels, but decided not to. <laughs> yeah, I was really gifted in, in my hospitality In hospitality class. management. Yeah, you know how some yeah. kids are like, they're like uh, prodigies in like in piano Music, or, yeah. or sports. For Margot, it was uh, hospitality yeah. management. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Alas, I threw it all away for, yeah, for a podcast. Tech industry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for, for a pod- this podcast. Yeah, for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I liked um if I can talk about the movie. <laughs> okay. <No. laughs> uh when we were watching the movie and like the uh the centipede puppet was going around and breaking out of boxes and running around and we could see like the string tugging on the on the centipede pretty clearly. I wondered uh, how much audiences back then just wouldn't have seen the string just because this is like new technology for them or if it was also as obvious to them. Strings are new technology Mm. for them? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think strings were invented in 1958. Yeah. So they had they had a whole year to get used to (laughs) it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I stand Um, correct. But I don't know. I don't think I don't think the string was that obvious. Um, You're right. I'm just so perceptive. Yeah. And you knew what to look for, too. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, I think that's your point. Yeah. You <laughs> exactly. But you yeah. Know, speaking of, like, what really worked on the on the audience, I didn't see Tingler, but um, it doesn't prevent me from having an opinion, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the I think the idea of having the audience think that if you feel something tingling, the thing to cure it is to scream, yeah. is genius. It's really yeah. good. Because they had things placed on certain seats, so some people were going to get that feeling, and then they would scream. Probably. And then that would be like a contagion. 
and you would believe that the movie was scary. And so it was like a marketing ploy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's even a scene in the movie where the tingler goes into a theater and screws the movie up and then yeah. the movie itself stops. Yeah. As if the tingler came into your movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. The screen is, goes black great. and you can't hear anything. It's good stuff. And Vincent yeah. Price goes over the intercom and says the tingler is loose in the theater. Yeah. And he says, scream, yeah. scream for your life at the top of your lungs. And then everybody screams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's like little audio in that, in that segment where somebody will be like, it's by my foot. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I just saw it over there. Yeah. What I thought was interesting when I was reading about the production was, um, so obviously that was the cut they used for like theatrical release, but they had to record a different version of the like climax for uh, drive-ins because they couldn't mm. put the perceptos in oh, random people's wow. cars. Um, so I think they just said like the tingler is loose in the drive-in. Be careful. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> have much less. Yeah, it doesn't much have less exciting. <laughs> They, they put so much work and care into not a great movie. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Do you know how it was received? If people thought it was scary at the time? Um, let's see. I don't think it was as... Um, my thing keeps falling out. As successful as House on Haunted Hill. Reviews of The Tingler were mixed... Uh, the New York Times said William Castle has been something the has been serving some of the worst, dullest little horror entries ever to snake into movie houses. Wow! Jesus Christ! Um, but Variety said it was highly entertaining. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so neat. it was somewhere in between those two things. Yeah. <laughs> Vincent Price was really good. I, I, I I'm, yeah. I'm really enjoying him. He continues to be a great actor. Yeah. Of like Bella Lugosi, Vincent Price, who are the other ones? Um, Conrad Veidt. Yeah. <laughs> Conrad Veidt, and then who was the Boris, other guy that was Boris in like, Karloff? Boris Karloff. I think Vincent. Is and my then Georges Millet. <laughs> oh, yeah, Georges Millet for sure. You had because uh, he was in his movies famously. Uh, he played the man in Unuit Terrible. Yeah, it's true. Which also featured uh, a big bug. Yeah. 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 But that bug got made into soup. Inuit Terrible was one of the first movies we ever watched. It was oh, like yeah? a one-minute silent film, and it still remains to be one of the best movies we have watched on this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. one minute? It's like one minute, Let's yeah. watch it tonight. Okay, sure. Inuit yeah. Fantastico, as we called it back then. <laughs> and I, I think I commented it on every single one of your Survivor videos, so you, you'll you be able to access it I did see that, very too. Very easily. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Thank you so much. Easy access is all we need. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much The Tingler. That's pretty much yeah. the Tingler. I would say a solid Nor. Actually, yeah, yeah, I would say Nor. Nor, yeah. Well, I don't know. Nor. Well, I don't know. That the scene, the scene, um, her hallucination scene was uh, was horror for sure. But do we give do we give a movie a horror if the one scene is scary? Right. No. And the and I really enjoyed the movie when the bug was running around, but I wasn't scared. I was just like having a good time. Yeah, it yeah. was just fun. So I wouldn't say it was I would a say horror. Nor. Yeah, yeah Nor. I wouldn't Nor, say bore because I was having say fun. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. Just Nora. Nora. Nora, can I vote even though I didn't see it? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes we sleep through the movie. Yeah, I, I slept yeah. through probably half the movies yeah. we watched. What do you say? I'm not going to vote. I think it okay. will. It'll it's for mar the integrity, integrity of the system. Thank exactly. you. Thank yeah. you so much. We do hold our integrity very. Yeah, the integrity of this theory. podcast. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. Um, but for our second segment, for you asked for it, we watched Censor um, from 20... This year. 21. 21. Yeah. Yeah, new movie. 
Yeah, so it's a, a little bit more expensive if, if you buy it online. Right. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's, like- it's $6.99 instead of $3.99 or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we did not want to wait 50 years to watch yeah. this movie. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we would have to wait 50 full years. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, this movie, um, I think, I don't know. I'm wondering if I went into this movie with too high expectations. Because for me, this movie was just fine. I would say 6 out of 10. The premise is deceptively simple. Yeah. Yeah. It came highly recommended by, from Possessed by Horror, which is a who okay. is a um, horror movie YouTuber I watch. And she does a roundup of all the movies she watches in a month. And she said that this one, if you were going to watch any of the movies she talked about, was the one you should watch. And Ethan, you said your Horror Boys talked about it too, right? Yeah, my Horror Boys, uh, Red Letter Media, Jay loved it and Mike hated it. Mm. Wow. So, okay. Which I think is apropos. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this movie was directed by... Prano Bailey Bond, a woman, her Whoa. first film, which I think is really impressive. Although I think wow. Saint Maud was the director's yeah. first film too, and that was like yeah, Masterpiece. amazing. Masterpiece. Which Andrea yeah. PhD, I did see. Yeah, loved Saint Maud. Yeah. yeah. So it, and it's it's interesting the connections between Saint Maud and this movie yeah. are also there are a few connections, so it'll be interesting to compare. Yeah. Similar tone, I would say. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, similar tone, and then I mean, it's also it's also um, sort of uh, they're both character studies, basically, of uh, yeah. a woman's psychosis. Basically, this movie follows uh, a film uh, editor and censor in the UK, in the video nasties era era, which I guess exactly. was the seventies yeah. or eighties. Yeah, so like, I think it was eighties. Yeah, yeah, when like a lot of like disgusting, depraved slashers were coming out. And a lot of, like, satanic panic was happening as well. It's in uh, that era. So uh, one of the, the big plot points is basically, um, I, gu- I guess not plot points, but the setup is because of the rise in crime, there's a connection to um, horror movies that come out. So um, our main character's job is to basically edit them so people don't commit crimes after watching horror movies, which is really stupid, but... Um, but you know that's the rhetoric of the day for the time yeah Yeah, margaret thatcher was really concerned about it there's a little scene there yeah um and then eventually she becomes convinced that one of the movies that she's tasked to edit the director of that movie she becomes convinced has was responsible for the kidnapping of her sister during her childhood and so she's trying to figure out what happened to her sister who she thinks might be uh, being forced to act in borderline snuff films for this man. And it's like, you know, her being moody about it, and then also her looking at these movies, and then also her going after it. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know. Where do we start? Yeah, I, it's, it's tough. I guess my first question would be, would you want her job? I think it would be cool to watch movies all day. Definitely. Yeah. And to say, this is good. That's bad. Yeah. You yeah. know? It's, yeah. Part, it's like what we do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They also have like a tiny, like a tiny movie theater that's just big enough for like four people, which I think is yeah. fun. And they have a little, yeah. little yeah. break room with a little coffee machine. Yeah. Yeah. And the aesthetics are so fun because it's the 1970s. Yeah. She gets wear pants. Right. Right. Well, I actually know uh, about people whose job it is to um, censor what's on the internet. Ooh. And... Mm. Um, yeah, but in particular, violent things and cruelty to animals. Mm. And so they take stuff down that's too cruel to animals, stuff that's real. Yeah. And they end up, the, the people whose job it is to do that, they end up with serious PTSD. I could imagine. They, yeah. they, can't, they can't get what they've seen out of their minds. Wow. 
they they barely explore that part of, of not this, really of that. And yeah. I wish that there was a little bit more of that, especially because mm-hmm. in 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 the in the video nasties that they call it, it the the big uh, debate is like, this is basically real torture that you just put a camera in front of. Mm-hmm. Well, some of the video nasties were just like movies. Yeah, like Evil Dead, I think was one. They weren't all oh, snuff. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, you mean in life. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But it's like the question of like, there was like this one movie that just like included like this man having his way with a woman for however long. And there was this thing where she was talking about like, that scene was so long. What's the point? What did she say? That that video nasties, it sort of reminded me when we were talking about the iceberg, mm-hmm. how video nasties are just like uh, insecure men compensating yeah. for something or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's just like one line. Yeah, basically the only the only time that really interacted was um, in that scene where she, the, our main character Enid Enid watches that movie with her coworker, and the coworker is super affected by it, and she isn't at all. Yeah, she's like able to like turn that part of her self off that would react yeah. to that, but it, they don't delve into that into it much deeper Not than that. Really. Um, yeah, I would say I would say more the. More so the way that the video nasties come out is in like the style of the movie itself and like certain uh, choices they make and like what the, I guess the like film ratio yeah, to make yeah, it yeah. look like it's uh, like an old, old video nasty. Um, and then she, she has like dream sequences as well that seem to be alluding to that as well, where she uh, descends into her living room and there's like a, a TV set up with static that she uh, then sees like hor- horrifying visions in. Yeah, that was the kind of the stuff that I really liked in this movie when they would blend reality with movies. Like, mm-hmm. there's a really cool sequence where it goes from a static TV to a forest. Mm-hmm. There's just like a soft blend, but you can see the static push away into the forest as opposed to it just sort of dissipating. Mm-hmm. And I really thought that so, that kind of stuff was cool because I I think that's basically what a lot of this movie is saying is like how much. Is, is sort of like when we were talking about St. Maud of just like being with somebody as they lose their mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the more surreal parts of this movie where I felt like I was too. A lot of the analysis, analysis uh, <laughs> like two sentence criticism I read about um, this movie, all the critics said that like the movie was about making movies and like about movies more so than it was anything else really, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. I had a different opinion, though. I really thought it was about her psychotic descent, you know, because she seemed to get worse Yeah. Um, as the movie progressed. In fact, um, one of the things that we found, I think you agree with this too, Ethan, it was really slow, especially in the beginning. And then towards the end, it was more interesting because, in my mind anyway, you, you delved into her mind more. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, mm-hmm. The blending of reality and her fantasy, which was, her fantasy really was to find her sister. She was searching and she ended up seeing her sister in a lot of places. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She would like have a cover of a movie and she would like be with her dad and be like, look, look at the character right there. That's her. You can see it. That's my sister. That's our, that's your, your daughter. And he would be like, I just don't see it. Yeah. Like you're, you're crazy. And he said, this keeps happening. Yeah. 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 Um, and sort of like the catalyst for her disintegration is her parents decide to officially like file her sister as like dead 
instead of just missing. And I think that really sets off her kind of spiral to try to prove yeah. that, no, my sister's still alive. She doesn't want to accept her death. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that's right. I think that really plummeted her into uh, a more full-blown psychosis. She, she got desperate, and yeah. she had to... Uh, then find her sister again and again, and she became more and more convinced. I think also you got a sense of her guilt uh, towards the end. You know that that uh, the very the, the scenes we where they say, spoilers. Oh, yeah, yeah, spoilers. This ahead. is at the end. This is spoilers. at the end. But the end the end scenes were my favorite, where they showed her mind flashing yeah. into something that she feared. You know, it was mm-hmm. going in the direction that she wanted where maybe she was going to catch her sister and then all of a sudden there'd be this flash where her mother says, it's your fault, it's your fault, you know, which gave you a hint that that was part of her distress is that she felt very guilty that she hadn't saved her sister or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. The more psychological parts about her and her sister and her guilt and her fantasy and whatever... That and, and, and the way that her career blends into her perception of her everyday life, that stuff was really interesting. But they really spend so long uh, exploring the more like cultural debates around video nasties that I yeah. just uh, was less interested in. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, a lot of the first part of the movie is um, she, Enid, um, comes under fire because a newspaper article comes out. Oh, yeah. Um, linking a specific video nasty that she let pass um, with a, a murder, even though that's uh, ridiculous, obviously, because people don't decide to kill their families after watching a movie. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. So that's uh, another stressor on her. Um, but yeah, so a lot of the plot is just about like her like dealing with like the press, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. feeling guilty for something ties into the guilt right. she. Yeah, about her sister. Yeah. but as she's spiraling. Yeah, I yeah. definitely, I definitely agree with what you said earlier, though, Ethan. Like my my favorite parts were like those dream sequences where like there was the yeah, um, you could like sort of see her descent yourself. Um, right. And for that, I thought it was interesting. Um, one of the uh, connections to Saint Maud, I thought, um, was the very very end after like she has like fully descended she's like killed a few people at this point and uh she's like basically alone in the forest covered in blood um she fully goes into her fantasy um and it really reminded me of the sequence uh, at the very end of saint Maud, where um she thinks she's ascending into heaven and then you see uh, very quickly that she's actually burning alive so i thought that was a a fun connection um this movie was so british and whenever I watch British <laughs> movies, I feel like it's harder for me to understand what's happening than if I'm just watching like another foreign film with subtitles, because not only are, especially in this movie, I think they were like maybe Scottish or like um, Northern. Uh, I could not understand their accents. Right. And they talk in, it's like the 80s and they talk in like a lot of slang that I don't recognize. So it's honestly like watching a movie in another language (laughs) (laughs) especially for the first like 10 minutes if you don't especially if you don't know what video nasties are which like none of us did we had to look it up and so we're just i I had a hard time (laughs) getting into it for the first bit because i was like what are they saying and it was so quiet um it's true they whisper the whole time throughout the movie it's a big question as to whether enid is crazy or if she's on the right track and kind of like go back and forth a bunch and I yeah. wondered what would have been, if it would have been stronger if we knew that it was hopeless from the beginning. Because um, mm. it was getting towards the end where she gets onto the movie set 
And I'm like, if she saves her sister, I'm not going to be satisfied. Like, she has to be crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm begging the movie to just make her crazy. I don't know. I, um, I definitely believed, or I guess maybe wanted to believe that she was on the right track. Um, so I really, I, so then when we find out that she eventually isn't and, uh, she hasn't found her sister at all, uh, and then she goes on a murderous rampage, uh, I thought that was, uh, just like a fun twist. Yeah. It also just makes you care about the movie more. Like Mm -hmm. if you're, if you think that the like protagonist or person you're watching is like on some quest that will ultimately be fulfilled, um, especially if it's a movie that is like so so slow, and you're just like right. trying to grasp onto anything that makes the plot like drive forward, because the yeah. first like twenty minutes are very just like she's watching movies. Yeah, it's like this right. is her job. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna watch her do her job, yeah. which is great. You get to see some of those movies too. Yeah, like one of the first shots is a guy getting drilled in the head at yeah. length. Yeah, it's really. And then we oh, see on her pad, it says, remove eye gouging. <laughs> right, right. Oh, and then there's a really disgusting scene where Margaret Thatcher is on TV. Yeah. <laughs> that one's really bad. I almost vomited for real. <laughs> I seem to remember in the, I don't know if it was in the 80s or, or 70s, whenever this movie was supposed to be set, but that question of movie violence and whether it instigates real violence was a huge question. Yeah. Was that interlocked with Satanic Panic or were they sort of separated? I think uh, that might be separated, but it was, it was the whole idea of movies uh-huh. influencing in every way uh, the way we act. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's what they say, like, you know, today social media is what is driving right. teens yeah. to... Video like games harm themselves. Yeah, the, the violent video game talk is discourse is still alive uh, and well. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that was more like early two thousands, like twenty tens, and now it's more yeah. like social media, like like Instagram, and and less so That's like true. violence, but more just like leading to other mental illness. Yeah, yeah. Danger to but oneself. It is interesting. Because mm-hmm. I I do feel like now thinking about like social media and that connection, it seems so like connected whereas movies and violence seems less connected but i'm wondering if i'm just looking at it from like a contemporary lens yeah i think there is much more emphasis now on video games yeah Mm -hmm. movies i think they've just kind of just receded in the background receded to the background yeah yeah especially because video games can be first person right and you're doing it yeah 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 like Pac-Man. Yeah. Like Pac-Man. I'm eating my friends all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Super Mario Party where I beat mm-hmm. Jaden three times in a row. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it gets really disturbing, actually. Yeah, Super Mario yeah. Party actually does actually does cause rifts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> what do you guys think of the scene? I've been, I've been puzzled about this since I saw it. The scene in the end... Where, by the way, was this not hilarious when she goes to kill the main villain in the movie set because she thinks he's the kidnapper? Mm-hmm. And he literally says, no, this ain't in the script. Yeah. And then she slashes him. When when he said, no, the, no, this isn't in the script, I thought that it was in the script. And like uh-huh. they were filmed because, because I was like, that's such a hokey line. I can't believe they right. would actually put it in a movie. <laughs> I couldn't believe it either. But then... What's even more bizarre, she hacks him with the axe in the, in the chest. His mm-hmm. chest opens up, 
and then his face mouth grows into the opening of his chest and it says something to the effect of like i am the true horror and then they just that's it they yeah do. i think that was just her seeing that yeah i think that's just bugging out crazy. generally it yeah. was just so random thematic. i mean she's already she's already been hallucinating so yeah but the hallucinations i felt like had a sort of it was grounded in what was happening in the movie this just felt completely random this kind of hallucination i guess so it did feel different yeah okay i just wondered if there was anything i missed or if that was just random yeah it's just bizarre that was actually a cameo from sean <laughs> yeah, connery um, yeah so oh, they okay. got uh, they got one yeah. of his one of his reads <laughs> no. from an earlier she's movie <laughs> she's joking no no uh, yeah it was sean connery's mouth <laughs> <laughs> He method acted as a tummy for nine months for the role. (laughs) There was something, though, with a woman with with the axe, holding her axe. And Ethan then showed me that that came from another movie. Yeah, so there's a really clever I Spit on Your Grave uh, reference. Uh, So not only do they mention the movie, but then uh, at another point in the movie, uh, there is a red herring who has a handheld, uh, what do you call it, like a trophy? And the trophy is of a woman holding an axe over her head. Yeah, and so Doug, who is this red herring, he ends up falling on that statue and getting stabbed by this woman holding the axe up like that. It it, It comes out of his mouth. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he falls. Yeah. And I felt like that was pretty clear, especially because um, a big part of I Spit on Your Grave is uh, about men being rapey and then dying. And in that scene, he was being rapey and then he died. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was a good scene, for sure. That yeah. actor was in The Lobster. Have you seen The Lobster, Ethan? Oh, really? yes. I also have a love-hate relationship with that movie. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. the first half is so good. Second half? I th- yeah, I guess that's what we all think. Yeah. The ending I like. I like the I, ending, though. I do, yeah, like, exactly. I do like the ending. I, yeah. I'm a sucker for an ambiguous <laughs> el- ending. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. I really don't... I really feel bad about not enjoying Censor. Mm. Yeah, I'm just kind of like meh about it. I feel like if maybe I'd seen it before I saw Saint Maud, my feelings would be different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Saint Maud, they are very similar, but Saint Maud was done so skillfully. And there wasn't the the drag of a long yeah. period of time, you know, you immediately got into her psychology. Yeah. And actually, it was quite real in terms of what psychosis is like. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I, I was very intrigued by Saint Maud. I, I really think it, it's a masterpiece. Nice. Yeah, really, really good. Definitely best movie I've yeah. seen this year. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. And I think it's interesting because Saint Maud itself was also one could say it's slow or it takes its time or there are scenes where she is just kind of doing her own thing without really like progressing the plot per se. But mm-hmm. Saint Maud knew what it was and what it had to be and stuck with that. Where I felt like this movie was doing a little bit of everything and didn't do a great job with any of it. Yeah, yeah I didn't commit hard enough. I feel like, too, yeah. in St. Maud, if we're thinking about, like, a graph of her psychosis as the plot goes, there's kind of, like, peaks and valleys. Uh-huh. And it definitely does, like, ultimately peak at the end. Whereas in Censor, it's more of a, like, steady incline, which makes the mm-hmm. beginning feel very, very slow. In the end, which mm-hmm. the last, like, That's a good point. three minutes are fantastic the end mm-hmm. is the only part of the movie where you're getting some kind of... Um, like satisfaction. Satisfaction because of the slowness. Yeah. Yeah. Or in St. Maude, there's a little bit of... Mo- there's a lot of moments throughout that help you through that. Yeah. 
for that's sure. a good point. There's a, there's a scene in Saint Maud that yeah. I'll never forget, and it's because of Ethan. But it's one of the reasons I think it was so skillful because, like in Censor, there was a lot of blood, and it was graphic, mm-hmm. and a lot of gore. In Saint Maud, there was at times, and certainly the end with her self-immolation. But at one point, remember when she put the nails in mm-hmm. her shoes? Mm-hmm. There was no blood, but you saw her walking on the shoes. All you did was see her walking in those shoes. Yeah. But you knew yeah. that there were nails yeah. sticking up into her feet and cringe. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. like, but without tensed. being gory. Right. Yeah. yeah. At all. I do agree with that, Mom. Um, I I don't I don't like disagreeing with with you, especially because you're my mom on the pod. But I I I do wonder how much of showing the gore and things like that was part of the thematic part of censor, mm-hmm. being about oh. cutting out things oh, that are true. way too gory that's true. or being too into the gore. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree. There were there were things in Saint Maud that just. Uh, it showed the, it, it felt like a seasoned storyteller. Yeah. And this this felt like somebody who was really excited to tell a story and not mm-hmm. necessarily somebody who and was And the director seasoned. of Saint Maud, 29 years old. That's crazy. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's I can't wait to see what else she does. Um Yeah. Talking like sort of off topic but speaking about like gore in movies when I was um getting my most recent tattoo I was talking to one of my friends who was there about uh, how we watched all the Saw movies, and my tattoo artist like basically called me a psychopath. <laughs> she was like, "Oh, I can't believe anybody can watch those movies. Like, you have to be totally like that's for psychopaths." And I was like, "Haha, yeah." <laughs> I didn't yeah. go into my spiel defending Saw because I didn't think it was like yeah, 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 the yeah, appropriate yeah. venue for that. Pick your battles, yeah. Uh, you're that's also funny. at a disadvantage because they have you under the needle. Yeah, it's true. This is actually after, <laughs> after I had finished, but you know. She still has needles to access. But yeah, I'll say Sensor is a horror. I, you know, I think I will oh, too. Oh, yeah, it's a horror for sure. Andrew? It's like a logical horror. For oh, sure. oh, this is the voting. Horror, bore, nor yes. snore? Yeah, I guess it's a horror. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, maybe we need a new subcategory, which is I guess it's a horror. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. You could use that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that our highest our highest category is just a horror movie, <laughs> not like a good horror movie. This qualifies. Or... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have so many subcategories for things that yeah are bad. that are are worse. <laughs> I'm trying to think what our most like horror horror is, and I think for me at least, it's definitely host. That we watched last week. That was the one that like got me the most scared. The most that is like horror movie. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Like I like <gasps> had moments yeah. of like it really good jump scares. Yeah. That was definitely uh definitely a very classic uh horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what was what was everybody's uh, scariest spook from this movie? Was there a jump scare in it? Um yeah, I, the jump scare was uh during one of her dream sequences when her mom screams at her. Yes, yeah. that's, that's oh, yes. my scariest moment. Yeah. 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 Uh, I also really like the part where you can't really tell if it's a dream sequence or a fantasy sequence or real life sequence where she's just kind of walking through the tunnels of the tube, the tube, Mm -hmm. and then she goes down this one tunnel that is like pitch black and you just see her go into the darkness and then it's never referenced again. I like that. That was amazing. That was so bizarre. That one was really good. Yeah. Yeah. It just like, was just like, ooh. Yeah. 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 That one might be my, my scariest spook too. 
I was definitely petrified when the mother, you know, screamed, I think she did. Or another yeah. time she yeah. said, mm-hmm. was when she flashed onto her and, and she said, it's all your fault. Um, those were my favorite scenes because you could see how someone could be haunted by these inner voices like that. Inner saboteur. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I was definitely, uh, I, I thought like a good like, Maybe the tensest moment for me was um, at the end when she was in the forest alone with the director um, and he just had a light on her. Um, and it was sort of found footagey. I thought that was very effective as well. And like they also really play with like the classic, what's his name? Lars von Trier. Lars von Trier. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, of like an abusive oh, director. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that scene was great. Yeah. yeah. I wish that this movie were three different movies. I wish there was one movie which was all about Margaret Thatcher and her war on video nasties. And there was one movie about a film editor who is trying to figure out through snuff films where her sister is. And then one movie about uh, a woman having psychosis because of uh, whatever. And it's more of like a surreal vibe. And I just did not like all three together. This movie reminded me a lot of um, a movie Jade and I watched a while ago called Horse Girl, which is not a horror movie, but is a very surreal movie about um, psychosis Uh, and like fantasy. Very, very interesting, starring Alison Brie. It's so good. Okay. Yeah, it's really weird. Really, really, really really bizarre. There's there's just like a lot of twists and turns and a lot of uncertainty about what's real and what's not. Um, And I would say it's pretty highly stylized like this was. It's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would recommend. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm trying to think. I think, I mean, I wouldn't call it horror, but there are some scary moments. More of like a drama? Definitely surreal. Yeah, like maybe like thriller. Okay. It, eh, I don't know about thriller. Yeah, tense drama. Def- definitely de- definitely uh, defies genre. Okay, cool. Yeah, I realized I got to stop calling every movie that I think is a little weird Lynchian. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to think of better comparisons to make. <laughs> Wikipedia calls Horse Girl psychological drama. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll check that out. Well, thank you. Thank uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, what an honor, Andrea. Thank yeah. you so much. Yes. Oh, thank you guys for letting me do this. This oh, was for sure. I will never forget it. Oh this, good. This is Aww. this is a dream come true. <laughs> do anything with Ethan. <laughs> yeah. But really, thank you so much for letting me hone in on your on your thing. Really. For sure. We appreciate. It was a pleasure. Yeah, total pleasure. And we appreciate your your expertise chiming in with your psychological knowledge. Yeah, your PhD. I'll put I'll put your PhD yeah. uh, certificate on the Instagram. Oh, please do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll definitely feature that we have a PhD in the episode yeah. description. Yeah, real doctor. A real doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say boo? That's how we end it. Is I say boo, boo and then they scream. You have to scream it? No, you have to say it and then they'll scream. I'll say boo. Okay, ready? Okay, ready? Boo.